Good morning. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. So good to spend time just worshipping God and, and acknowledging who He is. And this morning, I'm so glad you could join us today. It was great to have some visitors with us. And we pray you have a great time this morning and uh, that you feel encouraged that as you leave this place today, that you would feel um, like a burden has been lifted off your shoulders, that you would really just have a, an excitement about living this life with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Lord. I was going to pray that right now. God, we just thank you for your love for us. God, I pray that you would help us to see you greater, Lord, to see you more and more in, in all that we do, Lord, that we would not be so aware of who we are, God, but of who you are. Lord, of, not of our ability, God, but of your ability. God, that we would not be worried about the things that we can't do, but we would see that you are able in all things. Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together and celebrate who you are. Lord God, there's no new gospel, it's only you that saves. Lord, there's no crowns that we can wear, there's no titles that we can have, there's no things that we can do that would earn your forgiveness, but it's all about what you have done for us through the cross. And Lord, even as we've sung, Lord, let there be new wine, let there be a new flow of your spirit through us and in us, we pray, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would stir a joy in us for living for you, Lord. Lord, help us to have such an excitement about what you have done for us and, Lord, the plans you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm just going to shift this over here a moment. And uh, next week is Kids Church. Woo! But today it's not Kids Church. So kids, this morning, it's the last time we have you in here for a little while. So I want to talk to you this morning. So if you're a kid, point yourself and say, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. And if you're a big kid, you don't get out of this because, you know, anyone who has grey hairs or otherwise, we're all just big kids anyway, so point to yourself and say, he's talking to me. To the person beside you and say, he's talking to you. Very good. That's all of us, I think. It should be. There's no one else that fits outside that category? No? Fantastic. Well, this morning... Um, uh, well, actually, before we get on to what I want to talk about, we've had a great week as a family. I've got to say, I, I love school holiday time. It gets a little crazy, um, especially in the hot weather, and you can't go outside, and you can't do anything, and you all go a little crazy. But <laughs> I, I can identify with your struggles, parents. Um, but we've had a great week. We've got out and done some fun things this week, and, and we, we went down to Deadly 60 on uh, Wednesday night, and, like, and some of you are going, what on earth is Deadly 60? And there's, a, there's a photo with our kids with Steve Bakshul, and you're going, who the heck is Steve Bakshul? Um, he's the guy that does the Deadly 60 TV show. And we saw all these cool animals, and they had giant sharks and, and crocodiles, or inflatable ones, on stage, and spiders and snakes and all these cool animals, and it was, it was great fun. And um, we did this other really cool thing. We all went as Vegemite riders in the canal ride. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with my message. I just wanted to put it up there because it's really fun. Um, it just looks so cool. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the other one. Whoops. Um, and we went to the Deadly 60 thing anyway. And it was really cool. And afterwards, um, we were chatting about all the f- our favorite animals and the favorite parts of the show. And, and um, I was telling the kids again about my shark story. And if you don't know my shark story, you're missing out. You're going to hear one day, but I'm not telling you now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Joseph says to me, Dad, what are you scared of? And I'm like, that's a really good question, Joseph. I don't know. What am I scared of? What am I afraid of? And I want to ask you that question this morning. What are you afraid of? Maybe you're scared of spiders. Maybe you're scared of snakes. 
Maybe you're scared of sharks. Some of those things make sense sometimes. Um, maybe you're scared of the dark. Maybe you're scared of the boogeyman. Well, I've got good news for you this morning, kids. The boogeyman doesn't exist. There's no such thing as the boogeyman. And now, I think I've shared this with some of you before, but um, although there's no such thing as the boogeyman, you know what? We do have a real enemy. We have a real enemy, and the Bible tells us about Satan, that there are demons in this world who want to steal, kill, and destroy from us. But, you know what's even better than that is, God is so much bigger. He's bigger. Actually, there's a song that God is bigger than the boogeyman, but there's no such thing as the boogeyman. It's kind of a silly song. He's bigger than nothing. That's absolutely true. He's bigger than anything. God is bigger. It's not like a war between Satan and God going on, and it's like a a close battle to see who's going to win. God is creator God. Satan is a, a creator angel that rebelled against God and, and, and he's not any kind of equal against God. God is so much bigger. And you know what? Point to yourself again and say, God loves me. God cares about you. It doesn't matter what you're scared of. It doesn't matter what you're afraid of. God is bigger than that thing. And you know what? Not only does God want to not let you be afraid of things, you know what happens when you turn a light on in any room of the house when it's dark? What happens to the darkness when you turn the light on? It's gone. It's not like a big fight. It's like you turn the light on. It's like you see the light trying to push down. It's like it's pushing and it's trying and then the darkness fights back a little bit and the light comes in a little bit more. It's like you turn the switch on in the, in the bedroom and the light just goes, bam, wow, it's bright. It's a light. The darkness cannot stay. And God wants to make you not just not afraid of darkness or anything else, but God wants to make you dangerous to darkness. That you'd be like that light that wherever you go, that you would shine and you would drive out darkness wherever you go, that darkness could not stay, that Satan's power could not stay when you walk in and you pray for someone and you hang out with your friends and you tell them about God's love, that darkness could not stay. God wants to make you dangerous to darkness. I've talked about that before, but I just love and I pray that you will get that, that reality that God wants to make you dangerous to darkness. Say it, dangerous to darkness. Ooh, yeah. Let me read this verse. Probably the most translated phrase in all of humanity is John 3.16. John 3.16 says, For This is how God loved the world. Actually, before I read that, Last week I talked about some things, didn't I? And I'm just wondering how many people have remembered what I said last week. I want to encourage you this morning, take notes. If you've got a, a, a pen and paper, write things down that God speaks to you this morning. Uh, if you've got a phone, put it on flight mode so you can't be distracted and find your notes app and take some notes if you don't have a pen and paper. And let's write down the things that God speaks to us. John 3.16 For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, is it some people? Is it just the good people? No, it says, so that everyone who believes in him, who's got an everyone sitting beside them? Send the person beside you and say, you're an everyone. Okay, that was really really lazy, guys. Come on, turn the person beside you. You're an everyone. Thank you. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You know, there's a reality that in this life, every one of us will die. Unless Jesus comes back before we die, and then we go to be with him without dying. That's cool. But otherwise, we die. Our bodies perish. But we don't have to stay perished. We don't have to stay 
dead. We've been promised eternal life with Jesus if we put our trust in him. Verse 17, he goes on, he says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. How cool is that? Jesus didn't come to tell everyone off. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you put your trust in me, you can have eternal life. Imagine the best ride you've ever had at the show. Imagine the best day you've ever had on holidays. Times it by two billion and then another billion and you might be getting heaven. Jesus came that you could have life and life eternally. And he goes on in verse 18. There is no judgment. Some judgment? No. No judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so that others can see what they are, that they are doing what God wants. You know, we've all sinned, but Jesus offers his forgiveness to all of us. To anyone who calls on his name, anyone who puts their faith in him will be saved. Jesus came to give us eternal life. It's not something he reluctantly gives away. It's not like something he, it's like his favorite thing and he's like holding onto it going, oh, I might give it to you. No, no, I changed my mind. It's not like a two-year-old giving gifts. None of you have seen that. Okay. Um, Jesus came to give you eternal life. He wants you to have it. But the reality is that some people choose to stay in the darkness. They choose not to come into what he came to give. People choose to stay away from his love, his presence, his light, and they think they will be, be able to have a better life staying away from him. Now, some of you might be thinking, but that's crazy. Pastor Andrew, I've been to kids' church. I've heard about what Jesus did. How could anyone not love Jesus? How could anyone not love God? How could anyone not trust in him? Well, I've got to tell you, it's, it's a sad reality, but it's true. I remember when our kids, someone started to sort of say, some of my friends don't know who Jesus is. And I said, yeah, that's really sad, isn't it? But praise God, they've been able to help some of them know about Jesus. But some people choose to stay in the darkness. Some people refuse to accept the reality of who Jesus is, of the fact that he was a historical person who lived on this earth, who died and who rose again. And some people argued, he, well, he couldn't have died. And some people argued, well, they must have hidden his body because he's definitely not here anymore, even though he was dead and now he's alive. And it's just, the arguments all oppose each other. Jesus is who he said he was. I believe there's a reason why many people choose to stay in the darkness. And it's because one of our greatest fears is people finding out our fears. I believe one of our, our greatest fears is people discovering our fears, the fears of what people will think of us, the fears of our, our failures, the fears of our struggles. We, we don't want anyone to know our, our failures, our insecurities, who, who we really are. 
How many times I've heard people who said, but if people knew who I really was, if people knew what I had done, would, would they ever want to talk to me again? We don't want people to know those things about us that we try and kept, keep secret and hidden. We don't want people to know us at times. Our greatest fear, you could say, is being exposed that everything in our life would be seen and known by people and those around us. That's why relationships are so hard. We don't want people to know our selfishness. We don't want people to know our pride and our, our arrogance. And we can be married for 10, 20, 30 years and we're still discovering things and, and slowly letting people know our heart, hopefully. But relationships are so hard because we don't want to be exposed for the, the bad stuff that we don't want people to know. And we need to be wise about how we do expose that stuff at times. And that's why we need a life group and, and people that love us and care for us and love God that can help us in those things. I think it's why social media is so popular with people because we can portray the image that we want people to see. We only show the best photos. You don't randomly select the one and go, well, that one will do. You get the lighting just right and you get the right angle so it looks like you, you, you know, your nose is just a little bit straighter and you, you do everything to try and portray the image you want. That's why people love social media because they don't want the bad side to be exposed. In verse 20, this is what he says. He says, All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. For fear their sins will be exposed. It's a natural tendency of every human being who has ever lived. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they, they sinned, they disobeyed God, then God came down in the cool of the evening. And what did Adam and Eve do? They run and hide. They try and cover themselves and hide and, and, and cover their nakedness. We don't want to be exposed and they hid. It's the, the tendency of every one of us. I wonder if you've had that dream. You know that dream when you go to school or you, you go to work and in the dream, or maybe you're standing up and speaking to people and you have that dream and everyone's looking at you and laughing and they're all pointing at you and then you look down and you go, oh, I'm naked. Has anyone else had that dream? Okay, there's four, five, six, oh, there's many of us. <laughs> okay, actually, to be honest, I think I've, I've heard many times it's a common thing. We don't want to be exposed. We don't want to be seen for who we really are. And maybe that's a good thing in some ways. <laughs> we don't need to be seen for who we are completely all the time. Uh, but we have a fear of being known. We have a fear of being exposed in, in, our, in our secret parts of us, in the, in, the, in the hidden parts of our past. We don't want to be known. But I want to tell you this this morning, there is nothing to fear for those who come into the light of God's love. There is nothing to fear if you come before God and you just humbly come before Him and say, God, here I am. Kids, you might have done some things and, and done some naughty things. You might have said some things. You might have hidden some things you've done. But if you come to God and say, God, I'm sorry, you have nothing to fear. Wonder, has anyone ever broken anything? I've broken plenty of things. Um, 
Imagine for a moment you broke something that belonged to someone who was the kindest, most compassionate, generous, loving person you could ever imagine in your mind. You broke something that belonged to the, the nicest, nicest old lady in the world and you just knew she was so forgiving and kind and loving. I wonder how different you would feel about going to tell that person about the fact that you'd broken this thing that belonged to them compared to some angry, angry, angry person. <laughs> you'd feel much better about coming to the person who's kind and compassionate and loving and saying, I'm sorry, but I broke your remote control car. Or whatever it might have been. You'd feel much better about coming into the light, about bringing that truth into the light and saying, I'm sorry, but here it is if you still want it. And God is a kind and compassionate, gracious, merciful, loving God. We do not have to fear about coming to Him and saying, God, here I am. I'm sorry. I did this. I messed up. I failed. I, I did this. He loves you and He wants to lift you up and help you in the light. I wonder if you've ever broken anything and, and tried to fix it in the dark. Okay, how, how many... How many People have that mend it bowl at home. They're thinking, I've still got to super glue that stuff together. We have a big bowl. Um, and it, it, gluing things back together is a hard thing. Like you're trying to put all the pieces back in the right spot. You do it in the light. You don't try and do it in the darkness. We can't fix ourselves up. We can't do it on our own. We need God's light to shine on us, to teach us and help us and to, to know His Spirit's leading to live the life He's called us to live. We can't do it in the dark. As I said, I've broken a few things. I want to tell you two stories real quickly of some things that I've broken. The first one is my first car. When I was 19 years old, we had a great day out at the beach. Is Luke here? He was with me that day. No, he's not here. But uh, we're driving back from the beach and we decided to take the shortcut. Great. It's a shortcut. It wasn't our idea. It was someone else's. But anyway, I'm not going to blame them. <laughs> we took the shortcut and we went down this little winding gravel road that had just been totally new, new graveled. It was all loose and... Lots of it. And uh, it's one of those roads, you know, gravel roads, some of them are really just flat and they just pull with water. And some of them are really well rounded, like triangles. It's like there's no top of the road. You're either on that side or you're on that side. And, and the road's like this and we drive, and I'm trying to make it sound as good as I can for myself because we hate to be exposed. But uh, we're driving along this road in the night and, and it's a front wheel drive car. I hadn't really learnt what that meant, but uh, we're driving along and the car starts to slide just a little bit. I'm not going silly. I'm not doing anything... Silly, I promise, I promise. <laughs> and I'm driving along and I, I turn and the car starts to sort of slide this way. And like I've been to the race cars, I've, I've been to the speedway a few times and I've seen if, if it goes sliding out, you just got to correct it a little bit. Not with a front wheel drive car. Um, and the car starts to slide a little bit, I try to correct it and we go vroom, straight off that way and into the big concrete culvert pipe and, and it launches us up into the air. And, and we fly. There was people in the car in front of us and they said, we thought you were flying. We didn't understand. It's like, and, and we went up in the air and we landed and we sat like this. And it was like, get out of the car. And we jumped out of the car and it was broken. It was, it was badly broken. And, you know, in that moment, I'm sitting beside the car on the side of the road. And in that moment, I sort of could have said, I'm not telling anyone. No one is going to know. You better not say anything, Luke. Like, just, just keep it quiet. We're not telling anyone. 
We're going to pretend this never happened. We, we, we're just going to stay here and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to tell anyone ever. No one's going to know about this because I feel really, really stupid. Like two minutes ago, my car was fine. Now it's broken. But we can't move forward until we acknowledge the situation we're in. And in that moment, I, I got on the phone and I rang mum and dad and I was like, um, I'm okay. But the car's not. <laughs> And uh, when, the, when the daytime came, when the light came and the tow truck came and it towed the car away and we're able to deal with the situation. But until we bring it into the light, we can't move forward if we try and stay hidden in the darkness. If we refuse to acknowledge what's happened in the dark, we can't move forward. We can't move on with God if we try and keep things hidden in the darkness. We've got to come into the light to walk in the light. The second story I want to tell you is about another time I broke my car. Um, the second car I had. In fact, it looked identical to my first car. And we're driving, uh, sorry, we, I, was driving back along Ballarat Road towards Colac and I'm driving along and suddenly as I'm coming up the hill over the railway line, you know the one there, the, coming into Colac and driving up that hill there over the railway line and the car starts to sort of chug a little bit. Like, you know, bad noise. And I looked down at the temperature gauge and it's kind of maxed out against the high spot. I'm thinking, oh no. And I look in the revision mirror and I see the smoke starting to flow behind me and I'm thinking, oh no, what have I done? And I can't stop on the railway line, so I keep up the hill. And I stop up the top and I pull over and I think, oh no. So I jump out, I put the hood up, I look under the hood because, of course, that'll help me know what's wrong. Not. And, uh, but it did. I looked under the hood and there's a little fountain of green stuff pouring out of the radiator. I think, that's not good. And there's steam and smoke everywhere. And uh, I was thinking, oh no, I've done it again. <laughs> I wrecked my car. It's broken. Anyway, someone came and they helped me and we towed it home and it sat at the front of the house, I'm going to say for a month. It could have possibly been two or three, I'm not sure, mum and dad might tell you the truth, I'm not sure what it was, but it sat there for a long time because I'm thinking, I've blown up my car, it's cooked. I tried to start it a couple of times, it wouldn't and uh, I'm thinking, what's the point in telling anyone? What's the point in calling anyone? I've blown it up, it's cooked, it's not going to be worth fixing. But then finally, out of pure realisation that I couldn't leave the car just sitting out the front of the house for the rest of my life, uh, we, we rang someone and they came and looked at it and the next day I had my car back. It was fantastic. It was just driving like new. I'm like, why didn't I call someone a month ago? I'd, once you've had a car and you lose your car, you realise how much you love driving a car. But until we bring things into the light, until we bring our lives into the, the light of someone who is able to help us, we are lost. We cannot make a difference in the dark. We cannot make a change in our life if we refuse to acknowledge where we're at. Now kids, you might have done something at home and you're worried about telling mum and dad, but we've got to be honest with each other. Maybe something's happened at school last year and you're worried about going back this year. Right, we've got to bring things into the light. We've got to come to God and say, God, this is what's happened. I'm worried about this. God, what should I do? Maybe he's going to encourage you to talk to your parents. Maybe something else is happening that God's going to answer your prayer and help you with that situation. But God wants us to come into the light. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. 
You know, I want you to, to know this morning that God has the power to light up your darkness. Whatever your darkness is this morning, whether it's anxiousness, whether it's a situation you face, whether it's a sickness, whether it's some thing in your health, whatever it might be, God has the power to light up your darkness. Maybe your darkness is that school starts on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day it is for you. God has the power to light up your darkness. You know, the things you can be most anxious and worried or scared about, God can turn it around and He can make you excited about it. It's possible. God has the power to light up your darkness no matter what it is, to give you hope, to take away the fear, to take away the anxiety about that situation. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light from heaven and he came to give us life and eternal life. That we could be set free from the power of sin and darkness. He's broken the chains that held us back. He set us free, but we have to choose to walk in the light. Romans chapter 8 talks about how nothing can now separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God if we are in Christ Jesus. Anyone who comes into the light, nothing can block out God's light from us. If you don't know Romans chapter 8, I encourage you, read it, look it up. Let's have a listen to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 6 to 10. It says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. If you read the passage just before this, it talks about all these different things they're doing. It says, For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. I mean, that's a word for some people today as well. Verse 8, For you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. You know, we're called to be children of light, to be carriers of His light. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. It says, You are the light of the world. If you know Jesus is your Savior today, if you know you are His child, you can point to yourself and say, You are the, 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 sorry, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. That's just silly. You waste the batteries. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You are the light of the world. If you know Jesus is your Savior, God has called you to shine for His glory. Now at times we, we are tempted to, to hide our light. We feel insignificant. We feel like we're not good enough. We feel like, what, who am I to say this? God, I don't want to step up and say that thing to that person you're calling me to say it to. And we try and hide our light. But God wants you to be lifted up. Will you allow God to lift you up in whatever situation you might be in? Will you allow Him to let your life be seen by those around you? Remember, you have nothing to fear in the light of God's presence. If you know you're living in His light, you have nothing to fear. God made you. 
He knows you completely. He knows your, your skills. He knows what you can do well. He knows what you can't do well. If God's calling you to do it, you can trust Him to enable you, to help you, even if you feel like you're not good at doing that particular thing. He knows your sins. He knows your struggles. You know, the, the reality is, you can hide as much as you want in the darkness, but God still sees it. God already sees it. But He wants us to be honest before Him. God made you and He wants to fill you with His light. He wants to flood your life with His light. He wants to, to fill you with His light. He wants to illuminate your life. He wants to help heal the brokenness. He wants to give you hope to take away the fear and the anxiety and, and to give you life and excitement about the things that you're doing for His glory. He wants to flood your life with light so you don't have to walk in darkness anymore. And He wants you, your life, to shine for Him. He wants you to live for His glory. He wants you to allow yourself to be lifted up in whatever situations you might go through to, to continue to praise God, to continue to declare that your hope is in Him and to look to Him day by day and be filled with His light and show the love of God to those around you. You know, I've heard so many stories about people who've been in hospital and they've been sick and they might have said, well, why did God allow me to get sick? But instead they say, no, God has given me this opportunity to tell people about His love even in hospital. I heard an amazing testimony about a guy who was uh, in hospital um, Doctors had, had said that he was dying and he made it his life's mission, mission to reach every person he could in that hospital with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he changed life after life after life through the treatment he went through. He was just a shining light in that hospital and people's lives and their families were transformed because that man decided his, to make it his mission that every person he met through that treatment on his way to death's door, he would shine God's light too. I wonder what opportunity has God given you to shine for His glory? Will you allow Him to lift you up? Will you bring your life into His light and say, God, I don't understand. God, I don't feel like I'm good enough. God, I, 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 maybe you feel like you've messed it up too much. God wants your life to shine for Him. I want to remind you about Saul. Kids, who knows who Saul is? There's a guy in the Bible that we read about who, who persecuted Christians, who, who basically anyone who said they believed in Jesus, anyone who followed Jesus, he wanted to arrest them, he wanted to get beaten, and he even put some of them to death. He killed them. He had them killed. He hated Christians. He, he hated Jesus. But then one day he discovered who Jesus really was. And he, he came into the light. He said, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Help me to live for you. And this man that who'd done these terrible things became a man who lived for the glory of God. His life shone brightly for God's kingdom and for, for, for the gospel. And this man ended up writing the majority of the New Testament Bible that we read today. There is not one person on this planet who has done more evil than God can turn around and use for his light. God wants to use your life. Point to yourself, whoever you are, doesn't even matter if you don't know God yet, and you can say God wants to use this life to shine and to tell people about His love. He loves you. He wants you to know that light, but He wants to use you to tell other people about His marvellous light too.
I'm going to ask the band to come. We're going to finish in just a moment. I was praying and thinking just yesterday about how to finish this message this morning. And this verse came to me. I want to read to it to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think we've got it up there, yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 18 says this. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. We have to go back to school this week, but we don't worry. I mean, sorry. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. Maybe a few of us need to declare that to ourselves. I believe God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more and more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I'm just thinking of what Matt said about Norma this morning already, that our lives can be an amazing witness for God. Our lives can leave a great legacy that we would never expect. I was talking with a family who was here at the funeral who, who met Norma and, and Reg, her husband, as they traveled around Victoria telling people about Jesus. And they came to know Jesus' love through them as they talked to them about the gospel, as they, as they preached the word of God and, and their whole family got saved. And now around the world, there's ones of their family being as, as missionaries in different places doing different things. Some are doctors, some are uh, translating the Bible, I think it was, and doing different things in different places simply because someone was bold enough to say, I believe in God, so I will speak. They understood the love of God, that it wasn't about them, there was nothing special about them. As it says in James, we are like mirrors and we want to just declare greatly what God has done to shine his light to this world. And this week, as you go back to school, kids, I encourage you, as you go to school, we sing it on the way to school, even though it's a little song that I just have stuck in my head, let's let this little light shine. As you go to school, as you go to work, as you do whatever you do, everyone who's here today, 
Let's let God's light shine out of us this week. Let's let his light shine. It's not us. It's not our power. It's not what we can do. It's what God has done for us and for this world around us. Can we stand and we're going to pray and ask God to use us. God, right now we, we pray that you would help us to humble ourselves and God, to step into your light. We just thank you for your transforming power for your mercy and for your grace, that God, you don't treat us as we deserve, but you are the most humble, kind and gentle and merciful God who could ever exist. You are the merciful, loving God. And Lord, you don't treat us as we deserve, but Lord, we, we come before you this morning and ask that you would shine your light in our lives. Lord, any area of, areas of our lives where we've tried to hide them away, where we've where we've wanted to hold on to things, God, that you would want us to give up. Lord, we surrender our lives to you right now. We ask for your Holy Spirit to shine in us, that, Lord God, you might shine out of us to the world around us. We pray, Lord God, that as we get back into the, a, a new year, that, God, this year that people's lives will be touched by your light shining out of us that our friends, that those around us that we don't even know, that they would see something about us, that they would ask. And because we believe God, we would speak about your love for them. Help us, Lord, I pray. Lord, you know our insecurities. Lord, you know the fears we have. Lord, I pray that you would take them away and let them just be replaced by a joy of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your, the fruit of your Spirit in our lives, that you would develop those things more and more each day, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to finish by singing this song, Glorious Day. You know, we, we, we may have been ashamed. We may have been worried about our, our sin, but we don't have to be buried by sin and shame anymore. It is a glorious day. We can come into God's glorious light and sing. And, and I, I just love the fact that we come to church and we don't come to church to hear a new message every week. Did you, I hope you know that. It's the same gospel as it was last week. But we come together and we can celebrate that God has done it. It is finished. You might have known it last week, but our mind goes this way and that way, and we forget what God has done. But it is a glorious day because God is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He loves you, and He wants to lead us forward. So let's stand, let's sing, and let's celebrate what God has done for us this morning. Amen.